Alrighty, everybody. Good morning, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, Week 18, the final season of the NFL regular season. Hopefully, your league is not having a championship this week. Uh, we've talked about that many times on this podcast about not doing it, but uh, I don't think anybody could have seen what transpired on Monday night. Everybody's so pumped up about, you know, arguably the best game of the year with the red hot. Cincinnati Bengals against the Buffalo Bills, what looked like it was going to be a real hyped-up offensive contest, and, uh, you know, tragedy struck, and DeMar Hamlin, uh, on a routine play, I would say, uh, goes into cardiac arrest, thankfully, and, and, you know, it was unbelievable watching that, was when he pops back up and he falls back down, but fortunately, uh, with the medical staff on hand and the quick action, uh, miracles do take place, and DeMar Hamlin has made incredible progress over the course of the week. You know, prayers out to him, and, you know, certainly the football world and, 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 and the whole country was holding its breath. And uh, just a remarkable turnaround and him, you know, communicating with the team yesterday. Just just, just incredible stuff, Wiz. It really was, uh, man. Thankfully, it looks like he's on his uh, way to recovery, and just, you know, you never want to – think about a situation like that occurring but uh if he wasn't on an nfl football field at the time i don't think the outcome would have been as positive so um, the heroes are the really the uh you know, the doctors at the hospital now you know that's great but i mean he wouldn't have been in that situation if it wasn't for the heroics of the medical staff the personnel the emt the ambulance you know all, all the driver i mean getting to this the fact that such a, a terrific hospital is so close, all of those events uh, <clears throat> is really what saved the kid. Yeah, and, you know, it's an inspiring story. He seems like a great kid. He's certainly a tremendous part of this Bills defense. Uh, you know, second-year player up and coming. The Bills are going to certainly miss him over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but that's the less important part. It's about him recovering and getting better. And, you know, uh, God willing, you know, may, maybe DeMar Hamlin walks an NFL football field again and plays a game. So we'll see that how that shakes out. Uh, I think um, a lot of leagues were faced with incredibly difficult decisions, uh, especially there, since there were so many high-powered guys involved in this game. And you know, we, we've seen leagues where there was no impact because it, it was coincidental that players were not involved or games were already decided. There were other leagues where... Uh, it was a very close call. I, I know some leagues are using Week 18 stats for Week 17. There are other teams that uh, went went ahead because the contests were too close and and decided to go co-champions. I, I would say this was – I'm not sure there's a right answer, quite frankly, but precedent has begun here. And I think now going forward – and we've seen so many times players taken off the field in stretchers unconscious, knocked out, head injuries and stuff like that. And I think now there has to be some preparation in your leagues just for even a regular season game. This happened to be the last game of, of, the, of, of most leagues' fantasy Super Bowls. But I think going forward, there's going to have to be some kind of thought process around if this happens again. Yeah, I, th- I, don't, <clears throat> I think all situations are different. You know, you, if you're in a league where it, it was kind of a – really coin flip and both guys agree to like, you know, split the money or call it, you know, co-champions. That's one thing, but like, I'm in a league where, um, one team was 60 points back 
And I know some people use the other, you know, I know in some of you all use, you know, so it's 60 points or 600 points back, depending on like what, you know, what kind of scoring system you use. But the commissioner was going to give the guy the lead champion who had a 60 point lead. And the other guy had Joe Burrow and Knox. And the guy was saying, how could you, you know, not give me a chance to win the game? Joe Burrow in that league had put up very close to 50 fantasy points three times in the year. Uh, and Dawson Knox. And I don't know, Joe Burrow to me looked like a conservative effort for that game was going to be between 300 and 350 yards and <clears throat> two or three touchdowns. He was already had thrown one. So after thinking about it, the commission said, okay, give him the stats for week 18. Of Burrow and Knox and see what happens. I, I just feel you have to be careful where we start saying it's different matchups and co-champions. Because what does that mean? If I had Hayden Hurst and I'm down 30 points, but it's a different matchup, could I start saying, oh, you know, I think it should be the co-champions. I think it's not the same matchup as it was in Week 17. So I think you just have to be careful with just saying, let's call co-champions, because then somebody who um, was at a, a real disadvantage going into the week can can all of a sudden take advantage of that. Yeah, and, and I agree. Each situation is different. You have to kind of weigh different factors. I personally don't agree with how the NFL handled it. Um, I, you know, that's a whole other story. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, the fact they're going to have a neutral site for actually, there's an op, there is a chance that the Bengals can play two neutral site um, games, depending on if they're playing the Ravens and if they end up in the championship against the Bills. Uh, so there's yeah, there this is unprecedented. The NFL went into fast action. They could have used the option of pushing the season back a week and finishing that game from where it went. Uh, there's a lot of different theories on this for sure. Uh, this is what they've decided. Um, it, there are a number of teams that were not happy and voted against this, uh, which I cannot blame them uh, because personally, I, I think this game should have been decided. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, again, I don't want to lose sight of the importance of, of the player recovering and stuff like that. But the NFL you know, will have a situation to look at. And, and, and by the way, normally rules are changed uh, after the season. The NFL went ahead and changed the rule in season, which is something that's not happened before as well. Well, the, the Bills, I mean, from the Bills' perspective, if they're ready to play this week, <clears throat> and, you know, only days after, less than a week after what happened on the field on Monday Night Football, I think that you could have set up a game between the Bills and Bengals. And I think the, the, the importance of that game trumps the fact that they want to have a two weeks between the championship and the Super Bowl. So, you know, I understand about logistics and money and all of that stuff about moving the date of the Super Bowl, but I, I just think in this situation, just make it a one week, um, one week off between the championship games and the Super Bowl, move everything back, let the Bengals and Bills play that game out in 19 and then, and then go from there because that Bills Mafia, they, they deserve to have a chance to be playing that AFC championship uh, game at home. They went into Kansas City, and they won that game to put themselves in a much better situation, uh, as we talked about when that game was taking place, how important that was for the Bills. And uh, 
I, I just feel like Kansas City and Buffalo, I know we talked about this the other day, that the Kansas City and Buffalo, those stadiums are amazing. They're probably two of the best stadiums to, to go and watch football, and the crowds are wild there. But neither one of those teams to have an AFC championship game being hosted there it just seems like the wrong cost, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. It's not fair to the fans. It's not fair to the businesses. around. Who's going to compensate the businesses around those stadiums, by the way? Uh, I don't think Roger Goodell is going to start handing out checks to people who are dependent upon football games being played this late in the season and postseason. I, I, think, I just think a very bad season. There was a very practical uh, way to handle it. The NFL went ahead a different way. Uh, you know, the Cincinnati Bengals could have been anywhere from a one seed to a five seed here. You know, this, it was a myriad of outcomes. And by the way, I think the I don't know how that game would have turned out, quite frankly. But the fact of the matter is, the Bills were losing a second secondary player. Uh, they they were going to definitely be on a back foot in, in that football game against the Bengals at home, and the Bengals have been playing very very well on both sides of the ball. So anyway, we, we've talked about this. It's uh, I just think you know going forward, there's going to have to be some precedent set in your leagues. Uh, about how you guys are going to do things, or or if you're just going to look at each situation differently again, uh, that remains to be seen. Because this could very easily happen mid-season, you know, game week five, week six, it could easily happen. So again, something your leagues will have to think about in the off season. So anyway, Wiz, let's press on here. Uh, week eighteen, like I said, I, I, we're not in any leagues that are playing um, for anything in terms of fantasy. Uh, there's lots of gambling pools that are still going on. People are still doing player props, um, DraftKings, and all that sort of stuff. So we'll, we'll, we're going to go about it as as if we're normally conducting our our uh, fantasy football week. So it's week 18, and uh, I'm going to kick us off a quarterback. I think one thing to remember is there's lots of ramifications where, uh, Wiz, if I had told you, by the way, it's week 18. There are 17 quarterbacks starting this Sunday that did not start on opening day. This is backup city. Uh, in that 17, I am including Baker Mayfield, who started for a different team. But we're looking at a completely different situation. And you have a lot of teams that aren't playing for things. There is a potential for guys being pulled after you know two and a half quarters, depending if they get up and all that sort of thing. So, you know, for me, I'm. St- I don't see, if, especially if the Ravens lose that football game early, uh, the, San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers are going to be resting players. Uh, so you got to be careful for anybody on San Diego. So I just want to preface my, my feelings on that. First, um, I'm fading Jalen Hurts, and I'm, failing, uh, and I'm fading um, Dak Prescott with. Those are the two guys. I think, I think that game in Washington could get out of hand relatively quickly. I think you'll see a lot of running in that football game, and that's the reason why I'm fading those players. Uh, for Jalen Hurts, it's a different situation. The Giants are sitting a lot of guys. I think uh, the Eagles would be wise to make sure Jalen Hurts is not putting himself too much in harm's way and running. So I'm a little bit afraid there. If I'm going to spend money at quarterback, I'm doing it with Josh Allen and, and, and Joe Burrow. Uh, but I don't mind taking a gamble on guys like Elinger, Howell, um, you know, just low levels. And even Russell Wilson, who seems to be playing a little bit better here, 5,400. Uh, if you're looking for cheap, there are some cheap options at quarterback. If you want to spend some money, like I said, Allen or Burrow for me. Yeah, <clears throat> for the most part, I'm staying away from um, players that, you know, <clears throat> you don't know what the status is going to be, how much they're going to play in the game. So just to make it a little easier, I, all my players are basically guys that are going to play. I think, you know, I think most people know that <clears throat> these high-priced guys that the game doesn't mean anything, they're going to stay away from. So I'm, I'm a man on Joe Burrow, 7,300. 
he he threw for almost a thousand yards against the Ravens last year in their two games. <clears throat> um, so I want to play him at seventy three hundred. I also want to play Trevor Lawrence at sixty one hundred. Uh, I just feel he is just playing so so well. Um, and I think this is a game where you'll see him at his best in terms of throwing and running the ball. So you'll get some double barrel stuff with yards. I just, uh, Wiz, I, I, I did want to point out, there's a couple of incentives for Jacksonville receivers. That's for Zay Jones and um, Christian Kirk uh, for reaching certain milestones uh, in terms of uh, monetary gains. So, so that's something to kind of pay attention to in this game. And you and I both yeah, know. I understand that. And, I know I, I understood that and I was looking at that. But, you know, this is a play. You know, this is the win the division. So I know they want to get those bonuses. But um, the irrespective of all of that, including that, I want to play Trevor Lawrence 6,100. I'm sure hopefully those guys will get those those bonuses. And, and I want to say Geno Smith this week at 6,000. Um, I, I just I don't feel good about him in this game. Uh, so uh, out of all the quarterbacks, 6,000 above, I want to say Geno Smith. All right. Very good. All right. How about a running back, Wiz? Running back, um, I want to play Nick Chubb at 7,500. He bullied Pittsburgh the first time they played. I think you're going to see more of the same. Uh, Cam Akers looks back and better than ever. I want to play him at 6,200 in a game against that horrific Seahawks defense. And I want to play Jonathan Williams at 4,300 without Gibson, without Robinson. He's going to get a tremendous workload. I want to play him at 4,300. And the the running back I want to fade, or I'm going to fade, is Ramondre Stevenson at 6,700. I like the player, but it just seems Damian Harris is kind of like they were at the beginning of the year, almost a timeshare. And 6,700, I just feel there are better options. Yeah, I don't disagree with that statement. Uh, you know, for me, I'm kind of like you, staying away from like the McCaffreys and the Ecklers and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just don't see that kind of working out at running back. So those are the only guys I kind of wrote down. I'm with you on Jonathan Williams at 4,300. Uh, I think Chase Edmonds is, is, is making some noise in Denver. Uh, Marlon Mack's out of the way now. Let's face it, 32 years old um, uh, for uh, Latavius Murray. Uh, I like Chase Edmonds at 4,500 as a little bit of a flyer whiz. And, and, I, and I'd say if you saw Eckler sit down at 4,800, I like Isaiah Spiller this week in, if, if he sits down. Yeah, that's a good one. <clears throat> that's a good one. Uh, who, are you, who are you feeding? Uh, I'm just fading the top guy. You know, I'm staying away from the McCaffrey. I just don't see any reason just, to play. Okay, so those are your official fades. Okay, yeah. I just didn't know if you were officially fading them or just saying that stay away from them at the, at the price. So you're just going to fade the high price guys based on usage and, and, and playing time. Yeah, that's correct. All righty, what do you got at wide receiver for us this week? All right, a wide receiver, uh, Stefan Diggs, 7,900. DK Metcalf, 6,700. I like, I like those two players. I'm very intrigued by the kid Shahid on New Orleans. He's, uh, he's definitely making noise. Uh, that secondary is a little bit banged up for the for the Panthers. So at 4,200, I, I like a flyer on on, on him. And I'm going to fade both of the Miami uh, wide receivers, Waddle and Hill. Uh, Wiz, I just think against this Jets secondary, I know the Jets aren't playing for anything. Uh, Skylar Thompson, a quarterback, it just there's no appeal there for those two players for me, Wiz. Yeah, I'm right with you. I'll start with the fade because I'm right with it with you. Tyree Kill at 8,600. You combine the Jets secondary and Skylar Thompson, that equals a fade for me. I want to stack Joe Burrow and Jamal Chase in a big way in every single one of my lineup. I'm going to live and die. I'm going to die on the hill with those two players this week of Jim Burrow and, and Chase. 
don't put up monster numbers, then I will be nowhere in my DraftKings play this week. But I want to stack Burrow and Chase. I want to play Christian Watson at 5,600 in a game that I think um, that he he can have a big game against that Lions secondary. And I want to play Chris Olave as well at 6,200. I know he only needs about 30 yards for 1,000 yards, but um, I, I feel good about him in this game. So I want to play Chris Olave at 6,200. So uh, that's what I got a wide receiver. All right. Now let's go to tight end. Uh, you can start us off there. So the fade is Hawkinson. Um, I just feel the Vikings are going to look at this week situation and they're going to realize the teams that they need to lose are over two touchdown favorites in these games. And I, I just think it would be a waste of time for them to play Hawkinson a lot in this game. So at 5,700, I want to fade him. And the combination of the 49ers looking to get this game over with, um, secure the number two seed, and the fact the Falcons are um, the the Cardinals are horrendous versus the tight end, and Kittle uh, got them for four for eighty something and two touchdowns the first time they played. I want to play George Kittle, uh, even if they have that game wrapped up in the third quarter, or whatever. I think by that point he'll do enough damage. So play Kittle and fade Hawkinson. Yeah, you and I have been on Kittle for a number of weeks now, especially without Debo, and he is uh, he's taken a lot of teams uh, who who were not getting any production from him early in the year uh, and really he's been, he's been the number one tight end out there for a couple of weeks in a row now. Absolutely. Uh, so what is your view of tight end? Yeah. Um, I'm the, my fate is Hawkinson for exactly the reasons that you articulated. Uh, Tyler Higby has become uh, woken up from the dead. He had a great start to the season. He disappeared for the middle of it, but he's kind of picked it up 4,400. And uh, I thought Mark Andrews showed up last week as well, Wiz. And there's very little options for the Baltimore Ravens, but over, I think he had exactly hundred yards and nine catches. Uh, they will continue to go to that player in this particular ball game was. All righty, break the slate time. What do you got for us? We've been pretty good with the break the slate guys, I got to say. So Yeah, what do you, got you for know, us it, it's tricky to break the slate, I think, this week because I do like someone, because I would consider someone like Jonathan Williams uh, a break the slate guy. I, I really would. Sure. Um, I'm intrigued by a couple of the backups uh, for like the charges. So a guy like Donald Parham at 3,200, for example, that's a guy that kind of has some intrigue to me. If you really wanted to take a gamble in Washington, uh, Jared Patterson, I think he's the bare minimum, uh, who I actually think will touch the football a little bit. Uh, he got some action last year. Uh, but that's a guy, you know, that I think – you know, again, I, I while I like, uh, I think Patterson is four thousand. Yeah, he's four thousand. Even he could get some action in this game too. So I didn't go too crazy because I felt like you, Jonathan Williams, was kind of one of those options as a break the slate guy was. Fair enough. Yeah, he's only a couple hundred dollars above really the minimum running back, so that that's fine. My break the slate player is a player that I just have to play based on maybe I don't know. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe it wasn't. But Elijah Moore's best career game, his career game, eight catches, 141 yards, and a touchdown last year was with Joe Flacco quarterbacking. Joe Flacco is quarterbacking this week. I have got to look Elijah Moore up this week. I've got to play him in a handful of lineups. Elijah Moore, 3,400, break the slate guy. We know weather is not going to be a factor. Um, I think uh, this is an interesting play, so... I want to play Elijah Moore. 
break the slate guy. Yeah, I would say this too about Elijah Moore was I think if we put him on a lot of other NFL rosters, we're not having these type of conversations. Elijah Moore has definitely suffered significantly uh, with the inconsistent quarterback. I'm going to give you a great stat on, on the quarterback for the New York Jets was three years in a row, not one quarterback for the Jets has passed for over 10 touchdowns. Three years in a row. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, and he's a, he's a he's a terrific player. I mean, I don't know where he's going to end up, what it's going to look like if this if this drama between the player, where he, at some point he requested a trade, he come back. I don't know how it's going to end up, but he's going to be a good player in the NFL. Just not sure he's going to be wearing a Jets uniform. So, with that being said, let's get to the wagering portion of the podcast where. We give out picks, sides, and unders and overs. So with this crazy week, how many games do you love this week? Uh, you know, I, I'm scared of this week, Wiz, just in general. It's a it's a tough, tough week to predict, but uh, I, I like only a couple of games. One of the games that I did like has moved a lot um, from where it was when it started the week, uh, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals who were laying seven to start the week. It's up to nine and a half. There's some question marks around Huntley's uh, playing availability in this game, and I think that's why the line is where it is. Uh, let's take a look at that. You know, that line could move back again if Huntley is definitely starting. Uh, but I do like the Bengals regardless. Nine, nine and a half points. I, I think they're going to win that game handily. Um, I think that t- I think a well-rested Derrick Henry um, it is, it, I know Josh Dobbs is starting in this football game. I know everybody and their mother, for the most part, I'm, I'm kind of doing a zig when everybody's zagging uh, or zagging when everybody's zigging. I don't know anybody that doesn't like the Jacksonville Jaguars in this game. So I have an inkling that that game will be inside six and a half points. So I like the Titans. I do like Derrick Henry to perform at a very high level this week. I like the Cowboys laying seven points as well, Wiz. Um, and, and those are the three games that I looked at this week in terms of uh, over-unders, Wiz. <clears throat> so I like four games, and um, I'm going to start off with one game today. You're starting off with the game as well today. Um, the second game, the Titans and, and Jags. And I do think uh, maybe it's a recency bias where, um, you know, people are looking at the quarterback and, and all of that, but I think you know it's it's a good point you make about Henry having that rest this time of the year, <clears throat> and that's what they want to do. They kind of want to lead on the running game, and and Josh Dobbs can run as well. So uh, I, I think you'll see a lot of read options as well in this game. But I like the Raiders today. I have a crazy feeling the Raiders are going to win this game, and then that game for Buffalo is going to take on a. Uh, an enormous meaning where they could win, um, you know, end up with the best record. And and I just have a feeling that the Raiders are going to win this game. Um, I, really, from a from a perspective, I just think I don't know how much how much you know when you look at Kansas City for this game. I don't know what their level of of of, of desire to come out and uh, with the playoffs coming up. I, I just I just feel the Raiders are like plus nine points in this game. Um, the other games I like are all underdogs. I like the Bears with six against the Vikings. I just think the Vikings looking at their situation and not really going to care about this game. And I completely understand Justin Fields is not playing and Peterman is quarterbacking for the Bears. But I think the Bears can win this game as well. And then you have two teams that I like as underdogs as well, where the game doesn't mean anything for them, but it can absolutely ruin the other team's season. 
the Browns plus two and a half, I think, are going to beat the Steelers and knock them out of the playoffs no matter what else happens in the AFC. And I think the Rams, with a frustrating season, are going to go in and beat the Seahawks. So I like the Browns also plus two and a half. And I like the Rams plus six. Yeah, and I think we both can admit this is a this is a you know in terms of attitude and stuff like that. It's always a very tricky thing to predict, like which team is going to show up. Uh, I think if you're a true professional, you come to win each and every game in the NFL. I think a lot of teams will do that. Uh, they will show their best, but it is definitely a trickier week in terms of outcomes, and uh, obviously with all the personnel changes that we're going to see this week. And in terms of um, player props. I'm just waiting for the George Kittle one to come up. I, w- I want to play him in everything. I want to play him in yards. I want to play him in receptions. I want to get him as a anytime touchdown scorer, see what odds I can get on that. Um, I just feel this is the game where he's going to, you know, um, he's just going to have a big game. They aren't able to, 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 to cover the tight end. And uh, I just feel George Kittle is a, is a strong play in terms of player props as soon as the line comes out. What about you? Yeah, so I looked at a couple of different ones, uh, and this is the direction I decided to go in. Uh, the Detroit Lions cannot stop anybody on the ground. That's their their one Achilles heel. So I, I just am going to play Aaron Jones' total yards from scrimmage over 84.5 in this particular game. He looked a, a lot more spry uh, in his last game. He'd been banged up, but uh, this is a big game, and I think you're going to see a tremendous amount of Aaron Jones in this game. So I'm playing it from both the receiving and rushing yards over 84.5. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to be on the run in this week. You know, Mad Max Crosby. I know Chandler Jones is out, but Crosby, and I think the Raiders will play inspired. But I I like Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards over 14.5. You talked about Joe Burrow. I love both over Joe Burrow, 272.5 yards, and Jamar Chase over 81.5 yards receiving. And I'm going to really put a big bet, uh, a a two-play on uh, a double play, on Derrick Henry, 92.5 yards rushing. Uh, I just think that's going to be a big game from the player. Um, and those are my prop bets for this week, Wes. Yeah, I like it. You know, I'm, I'm with you completely on the uh, the connection of Burrow to Jamar Chase. My thing about Aaron Jones is, like, are you going to do a hedge? Maybe we also taking the over on A.J. Dillon. I guess what I'm asking you is, is – is there any level of concern? Because Green Bay's been kind of tricky, and I know Aaron Jones looked terrific last week. But is there any level of concern where sometimes the Green Bay plays and it kind of like they switch game plans during the during the game where one guy then all of a sudden gets the hot hand and he becomes the guy that gets the majority of the carries? Yeah, no, I get that. I definitely get that. And may, maybe I play both of them. Uh, I, 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 there was no line uh, receiving and rushing for A.J. Dillon. Uh, and you and I both know A.J. Dillon is not a handcuffed Aaron Jones. He is a complimentary piece of this offense. It's kind of been a 60-40, 65-35 split all year long. That probably continues again. I just felt that Aaron Jones looked like he had much fresher legs. So, so maybe I will do something along those lines. But I do feel safe for the fact 84 and a half yards for both rushing and receiving. Uh, I kind of like that angle of it, Was Yeah, he, 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 you know, you just know that he's not going to re-aggravate an injury and he's going to stay on the field, all of that. I, I think that's a safe bet as well. He looked like, wow. I mean, he went from like a guy that – couldn't stay on the field for a few weeks and he looked like it was week one of the NFL season last week. So um, if he's bringing that to the table, I'll be joining you as well on the Aaron Jones over. 
All right. Well, that's it. Uh, we wrap it up uh, last week of the regular season. Uh, good luck to everybody. Like I said, if you are happen to be playing fantasy uh, championships this week, good luck uh, in that regard. Uh, but anyway, uh, on the gambling uh, side of it, uh, all, all the best in your bets. Wiz, enjoy the, the weekend's games. And uh, again, it's Saturday, so we got two games tonight and the rest of the action tomorrow. So thanks, everybody, Guru you and Wiz. And uh, have a good night, Wiz. You too.